Hi, my name is Louise McCulloch. I am the Chair of Neurology at the University of Texas McGovern Medical School here in Houston. I am a translational researcher that studies stroke models at the bench, and I'm also a vascular neurologist that takes care of stroke patients. Just to introduce you to our podcast today, we're going to be speaking about our session at the ANA, which is going to really examine some of the neurological diseases that have been linked to the microbiome, which is the community of organisms that live on or within us. So we have a great session scheduled, and we have speakers on neurodegenerative diseases and multiple sclerosis. I'll be speaking about how the microbiome can affect stroke recovery. This work actually dates back several years when we first started modeling stroke in aged animals. The vast majority of stroke patients are older, older than the age of 65, and we know age is a really important modifier for how severe your stroke is, how likely you are to get a post-stroke infection, and how well you recover from stroke. We didn't really understand a lot about why age is such an important driver of stroke recovery, so we started to model the disease in experimental animals. Many of the prior studies looking at experimental stroke in the lab had used pretty much exclusively young male animals, young male mice, young male rats, and have induced an experimental stroke and looked at the outcome. We realized that we needed to model the patient population that was at risk, and the vast majority of those at risk for stroke are people who are older. So we wanted to understand how the immune response differed in aged animals and how that could contribute to mortality. When we first started using aged animals, our mortality was very, very high. Over 80% of the animals were dying within a few days, and we started to try to understand why that was. A lot of it is due to infections. It isn't so much due to the stroke itself, which is very surprising. The stroke is actually a bit smaller in aged animals given the same degree of ischemia than compared to young animals. So we started kind of examining our animals after stroke and we started finding really profound disruptions in peripheral organs. So stroke is traditionally considered a brain disease, but we're now realizing that stroke, like many other neurological diseases, affects a multitude of organs. So we started looking at infections in our animals, and we started seeing a very dramatic breakdown of the gut barrier. So within six hours of an experimental stroke, the gut in these animals started to leak. So the barrier that kept the microbiome away from the host was compromised. And it turns out in aged animals, even without a stroke, they have evidence of compromise of their gut barrier with inflammation and some leakage of either endotoxins or bacterial antigens into the bloodstream. And in fact, that kind of leaky barrier has maybe the source of one of the things that's kind of commonly known now as inflammaging. So this is age-related inflammation. So as we age, we see 
slow and steady increases in serum cytokines, inflammatory factors that probably alter the host. And some of this may be because of a low-grade immune response to these microorganisms. So when we started looking at the gut, we realized that some of the bacteria in the gut were translocating. They were translocating to the bloodstream, and we found these bacteria in the lungs, in the lymph nodes, in the liver, in the spleen that were normally contained in the gut. So stroke was inducing a very you know, profound loss of bacterial containment. So we had looked at young and aged animals, and we found that young animals also have gut disruption after stroke, and they also have bacterial translocation. It's just not as severe. And interestingly, the bacteria that are translocating from the gut are very, very different in an aged mouse and a young mouse. Now, these mice, unlike in humans where we can't really control genetics or environmental factors or diet, in animals, we can. So these are animals that are all housed in the same facility and have the same diet, but the bacteria that were seeding the organs and causing this kind of endotoxic response were different in the aged animals. They were much more likely to be pathogenic bacteria rather than commensal bacteria. So we did some sequencing and then identified bacteria that seemed to be pretty exclusive to an aged host. So then we went to uninjured animals and looked at their fecal and cecal contents and sent those for sequencing. And what we found is in aged animals, there was much more evidence of these gram-negative and slightly deleterious bacteria. That's even in uninjured states. So then we decided to say, well, can we restore a youthful biome to an aged animal? And if we do that, will that reduce that inflammaging, that kind of baseline cytotoxic, endotoxic response that we see in, in just with normal aging? And in fact, what we did is about a month before stroke, and we also found this in sham animals that weren't subjected to stroke, we took a fecal gavage of young microbiota and inserted it after clearing the host microbiota with antibiotics, and we were able to restore a youthful appearing microbiome, at least as measured by 16S, in aged animals. So the animal was still aged, everything about it was aged. The brain was aged, the vasculature was aged, but the microbiome was from a young animal. And what we found in the month following is we found improved behavioral deficits in those aged mice. So basically all we did was restore youthful biome and the aged mice ran faster, they had better cognition, they had better metabolic parameters, and in reverse, putting a aged biome into a young animal caused features of inflammation. They had a cytokine response. So suggesting that the biome itself can drive some of these phenotypes. We then stroked those animals about a month after, and we found that the aged animals that had young biome had much improved neurological recovery. They were able to grip longer. They had better features of cognition. In contrast, the young animals that received aged biome had a dramatic increase in mortality. So we think what's happening is the gut is getting leaky and those aged microbiota are crossing into the young host, which are even less capable of handling those more pathogenic bacteria. And we saw a very dramatic increase in mortality in young mice, which usually don't die from our experimental stroke method.
because we're neurologists and a lot of times we can't predict when a stroke is going to happen, we've recently done the same sort of experiments but restored the biome three days after stroke. So the animals are subjected to experimental stroke and we used all aged animals and half of the aged animals got an aged microbiome transfer and half of them got a biome transfer from a young animal. And at three days after stroke in our model, the infarct is complete. So we know that we're not really changing stroke size, which we confirmed by histology and MRI. So the stroke size wasn't altered, but the aged animals that received the young biome, even receiving it days after stroke, had a significant improvement in recovery. We're now trying to figure out if these are factors related to the biome itself, the bacteria themselves, or is it something the bacteria secrete? And we focused a lot on short-chain fatty acids because we know that a loss of short-chain fatty acids occurs with aging, and short-chain fatty acids are very important to gut and mucosal health. So then we took a species of bacteria that are high short-chain fatty acid producers. So instead of doing a complete fecal gavage, we then took four bacteria and gave them a prebiotic, which is inulin, which is something they can use to make short-chain fatty acids, and supplemented the aged animals with that after stroke. And again, we saw a dramatic improvement in recovery and mortality in those aged animals just by giving a cocktail of four bacteria that are known to be heavy short-chain fatty acid secretors. This is important because it kind of lets us narrow down some of the potential mechanisms, which we may be able to manipulate a little bit easier in patients. So how does this affect clinical practice? How can this be used to enhance recovery in stroke patients? Also, we found similar things in animal models of amyloid angiopathy, which is an increasingly common neurodegenerative disease. We have started a parallel study where we're examining microbiome in ischemic stroke patients, but it becomes quite difficult because of all the variability in humans, and sometimes they have feeding after stroke or feeding tubes, and many of them are subjected to antibiotics. So I think before we think about clinical translation, we really have to understand mechanisms a little bit better because we certainly wouldn't want to cause any harm to patients. So I think really refining the bacteria that could be most beneficial and figuring out how to enhance them in the gut, one could say, okay, let's just give short-chain fatty acids if they're so great for patients. However, they're not going to be sustained. So if you're going to give something, you really want to give the bacteria back because then they can reside in the host long-term and be a longer-term source of short-chain fatty acids or other beneficial bacterial metabolites. So we, I think we really need to understand what metabolites are most useful for enhancing the host health before we think about moving to clinical practice and clinical patient populations. The microbiome is extremely complex. There are billions of bacteria. And it turns out that just changing one bacteria like lactobacillus probably isn't going to be that helpful. It is a community of organisms. It may be that bacteria A needs something produced by bacteria B to be picked up and used by bacterial C to have an effect on, for example, the host immune system. So replacing one may not have any benefit. In fact, we looked at 
an agent that's known to enhance gut health. And we actually found that it made aged animals worse. And it's because the bacteria product that that bacteria makes needs to be metabolized by a different bacteria. So we really need to think about it as a bacterial community rather than just one or two select bacteria. I just think that the um, gut-brain axis is extremely exciting. And now that we have techniques to do 16F sequencing relatively inexpensively, I think this field will continue to grow and we really can understand some of these symbiotic and not so symbiotic relationships between these bacteria and the host. And I think it's a really exciting time for the field now that we have the technology to really examine what's going on in the microbial communities. Well, I thank you all for listening today. And if you'd like any more information about our session or about the microbiome, you can click the links below. Thanks again.